Hey everybody, my name is Kyla. Welcome to my channel where we talk about the stock market and the economy amongst other things. If you wanna go ahead and subscribe, share with a friend, that really, really helps. Today, I'm going to be talking about intention versus impact, and I'm also going to be talking about the Federal Reserve and Elon Musk. Before getting into it, I do want to say that if you're a huge fan of Elon Musk, if you hate Elon Musk, I do not care. And I think that in order to objectively analyze the situation, it's really important to remove the biases that we all have. So there is a difference between intention and impact, and the line between the two is really blurry. And burn it down, Lily Danziger writes, I began to understand that there's a difference between someone actively trying to harm you and someone's specific constellation of short Comings being harmful to you. The way that we exist in the world has impact. Peeling an orange, walking in the woods, sitting in a coffee shop, all of these are a conversation between us and our surroundings. What we do in the world doesn't merely happen, it's a series of choices and occurrences shaped by those before us and lived by those after us. And of course we exist in the world occupied by humans. We live in a society, if you will, and one of the core parts of a society is usually empathy. And empathy is a function of intention, an active choice that we have to make. We have to choose to pay attention, to reflect, to think, oh, this is what that means to them. And this is really hard to do, especially when we're distracted by the noisiness of the world around us. The world kind of keeps us in a state of just enough despair that we never really feel comfortable. We often stay busy to sort of ignore that, right? To drown out the noisiness, to ensure that we are protected. And this shows up, right? We are completely overwhelmed by stress. Almost one third of all adults are so stressed out that they cannot function, and our young people are in a state of distress over inflation, the government, and more, according to a study done by the American Psychological Association. If you don't like studies and you don't believe in the results of this, just literally talk to any young person, talk to anybody in the world, just go outside, ask somebody if they're stressed out, they're probably going to say yes. And there are consequences from excess stress, health being a main consequence of this. Also, stress is mainly a byproduct of fear, right? It keeps us from connecting with others. We lose community. And that's when the cult of personality tends to happen. People need something to rally behind. And when people are fundamentally worn out, we of course stagnate and are much more willing to accept what's going on around us. The reason I'm saying all this is because it's important to look at empathy and important to understand why we glorify busyness and it's important to reflect on intention versus impact because all of that matters in some sort of laws of motion way for how we think about the following Elon Musk and the Federal Reserve. What Elon is doing at Twitter is a microcosm for what the Fed is doing somewhat to the economy. Thanks to our Matt Darling for the inspiration for all of this here. So with Elon and Twitter, objectively, there is an important thread to pull on with what he's doing with Twitter and the obvious impact that that is happening now. When Elon Musk sought to buy Twitter, it seemed as though he had exciting plans at hand. He wanted to evolve it into a super app and provide a platform for free speech and some other stuff. And that seemed to be his intention. And of course, there's questions about, you know, maybe the intentions are much worse, but nobody really knows. His impact, however, which is tangible and can be felt this very moment, is very different objectively than any potential good intentions he could have had. People are losing their jobs. And of course, there's other variables there. So did Twitter overhire before Elon took over? Maybe. Layoffs via tech austerity are happening now too. So perhaps these people would have lost their jobs anyway. However, they are being rehired a lot of them, so it seems like that might have been a little too quick to the trigger in terms of laying people off. Twitter is also losing advertising dollars. There's a good thread that highlights that there were concerns even in early 2022 from advertisers about Elon's impact that led to a loss in upfront ad sales for Twitter. And of course, now there's even more concerns because there was a massive surge in the usage of slurs since the takeover, and nobody wants to advertise besides that, right? The advertisers were not pressured by activist groups to take a step back. They simply don't want to be on a platform that is a conspiracy theory output machine. That's just 
business. And there's a lot to be said about the positives of shifting away from an advertising model. Rethinking how to make money is a good thing and it's exciting that Elon seems to be doing that. But Meta, Twitter, and Google are, you know, advertising firms at heart and we're the thing they're advertising to. So without a solid revenue plan in place, things do become iffy. It seems like, you know, and it's still early, things could change. But as Ali Wassum said, unless Elon hires new leaders committed to keeping this free platform safe from hate speech, it's not a platform brands can slash should advertise on. Even if the intention is to have a place where people can freely speak their mind, some form of moderation still has to take place, not only for advertising dollars, but also to protect freedom of speech. So many people don't seem to understand that freedom of speech does have limitations, which I know it sounds crazy to say, but, it, but it's true. Libel, slander, hate speech are not really free speech. This is part of John Stuart Mill's harm principle. If you don't believe me, go look it up. The only purpose for which power can be rightfully exercised over any member of a civilized community against his will is to prevent harm to others. A free-for-all is not free-for-all. The intention of free speech is not the same as the impact of free speech. There are many other things to say about Twitter. Verification and status are not the same thing. Rather, verification is a public service. You do need employees and you cannot manage via totalizing political purge mission, as Vinkatash Rao points, points out, even if with a cult of personality. The users are the product for Twitter. And also, the, you know, there's the trust thermocline that they have to pay attention to when the loss of trust results in abandonment of the platform. And all of that is a delicate balance. And finally, all of this happening before midterms is not good. There are real-world consequences to the balance of intention and impact. For Twitter, it's that conspiracy theories do work on people and they do wreak havoc, as those with families impacted by QAnon know. Navigating misinformation is incredibly important, and as Hank Green said, maybe the public square is just kind of hard to monetize. So the Federal Reserve, Jerome Powell and the Federal Reserve are trying to battle inflation by raising rates to make it more expensive to be alive temporarily, so people stop spending money so the supply side can recover so inflation goes down. The FOMC meeting was last week, I did a recap here on YouTube, and the initial Fed statement did appear to be dovish. They highlighted the cumulative tightening of monetary policy and the lags with which monetary policy affects economic activity and inflation, which seemed to be a recognition that they have indeed been ripping rates and they're like, okay, well, we get it. And indeed, some parts of the economy are in a pit of hell, like the housing market. However, Joan Powell clearly thinks that the fire and brimstone are not quite boiling hard enough yet, which also likely shows a diversion between Powell and other Fed members. He repeatedly highlighted in the press conference that the Fed has to maintain a restrictive stance for some time, the labor market is still tight, and that it's very premature to think about pausing. Basically, let her rip. The risk of failing tighten enough is riskier than over-tightening. They can always slow down, Powell said, and of course, slamming on the brakes is a bit different than tapping them, but it's no longer about how fast they raise rates, but rather how high to get rates and how long rates remain high. This likely means smaller hikes, but a higher peak. The endpoint, the terminal rate, will probably get to 5% if the Fed keeps on ripping. When asked about global consequences, Powell said that 2% inflation in the United States is good for the world. A stronger dollar is a necessary byproduct, even if it creates a huge dollar omino effect. The labor market is still too strong, according to the Fed, which is like the worst sentence ever. We all know how iffy that is. And consumers are still too strong, as Esther George, president of the Federal Reserve Bank of Kansas City, highlighted. We see today that there is a bit of savings buffer still sitting for households that may allow them to continue to spend in a way that keeps demand strong. That suggests we may have to keep at this for a while because households are doing okay. And of course, it's a big game of hide and seek with the market. The Fed has to anticipate what the market is anticipating based on expectations about Fed anticipations or on market anticipations about inflation expectations based on Fed action. When Powell was told that the market was happy, and it wasn't actually, this reporter was a little misleading, he made it very clear that he was not happy about a happy market, which is very telling. So there's a slowdown in rate hike sizes, but not much of a slowdown at all right now. Intention versus impact. The intention of the Fed 
surface level right right now is to fight inflation to get the economy back on track sacrificing the now for the soon but of course the impact is wildly different a loss of trust especially as the economy slows down around us manufacturing is cratering financial conditions have tightened wage growth is trending downward there's excess inventory shipping rates have plummeted the housing market is in turmoil hiring freezes and layoffs are happening in some industries like tech and finance the economic data is all pointing to a softening and an unequal one at that more anecdotes from earnings from paypal the low-end income levels and middle income levels are beginning to cut back on their discretionary spend however the high end of the market is still spending quite freely and from pra who's a global leader mm-hmm. and acquiring and collecting non-performing loans ooh. <laughs> The delinquency and charge-off rates are continuing to tick up, especially for card issuers that cater to non-prime consumers. And that strengthens their conviction that more supply will enter the U.S. market in coming months, allowing them to outperform their expectations. Dark. Incredibly dark. The Fed has the intention to slow inflation, but the impact is going to be much bigger and concentrated on those that can least bear it. I've talked a lot about supply-side policies. As Vox highlights, there's a need for cost savings, renewable energy, and dense housing, or policies that reverse the shrinkage of labor supply since the pandemic. And we need companies focused on being companies too, not stocks. They cannot be stocks. They have to be companies. S&P 500 companies now spend the most on buybacks and dividends versus research and development. This isn't that positive for anybody, including shareholders. If you're like, oh, well, the shareholders benefit. No, none long run they don't they will be harmed from lack of future growth intention versus impact so final thoughts intention versus impact can have reverse effects too as applied science 11 talks about on tiktok most people agree on most things healthcare college child care dying ideologies though die loudly we are making progress we have the right intentions it will just take time to have true impact the world is noisy empathy is difficult at times because we're so overwhelmed by our own worries being busy is a self to perhaps avoid reflection and of course empathy is swayed by what we consume things work until they don't as ben eifert said the people who did not do well with their hedges were people who were looking at the last crisis and trying to hedge that you look at the last really big bad thing and think it could happen and usually the last bad thing that happened isn't going to be that much like the next bad thing to happen intention versus impact managing expectations there's so much more to be said but that difference between what is meant versus what actually happens is probably one of the most dangerous gaps of all time and to end on a positive note i love this poem by mary oliver if you suddenly and unexpectedly feel joy don't hesitate give into it there are plenty of lives and whole towns destroyed or about to be we are not wise and not very often kind and much can never be redeemed still life has some possibility left perhaps this is its way of fighting back that sometimes something happens better than all the riches or power in the world it could be anything but very likely you notice it in the instant when love begins anyway whatever it is don't be afraid of its plenty joy is not made to be a crumb thanks so much for listening thanks so much for spending time with me i will be back i hope that you all are doing well and I will talk to you soon. Bye.